welcome to Defan. This is episode number 76, the so-called Desi episode of Defan. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> As if everybody got tired of hearing to, you know, one Indian <laughs> listening to one Indian. We bought two more <laughs> yeah. into the podcast. So, this is uh, Vijay from Holland and then we have yeah, Ray, Ray from, from Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. and we have two awesome guests from all the way from india i think almost it's midnight there thank you for joining us please introduce yourself guys okay i'll go first so uh, my name is kartik i i'm in bangalore i work for gojek so currently i'm building an absorbability platform for gojek nice come on harry you're next cool uh So yeah my name is Hari Om right, I have yeah. been anglicizing his name <laughs> Oh yeah you could you could call me <laughs> Sorry call that's me a total fuck up you know <laughs> No no I'm pretty sure that's what you said earlier on you know God damn it okay <laughs> Sorry go ahead yeah Hari not Harry <laughs> Oh what's the difference okay <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah you could oh, say her he is indian for harry you could say that so yeah so my name is harry home <laughs> i didn't didn't expect uh, this to play here so funny uh, whenever i speak my name and introduce myself as harry home in india <laughs> what happens is uh, usually people greet me back because it's also a greeting harry home is also a greeting so uh, at times i introduce ah, myself okay. as harry home and people are like uh, waving at back back at me and say like harry home and uh, then i uh, unearth yeah. uh, fascinating <laughs> fact that it is my name and not a greeting so uh, so i am i am also uh, working in gojek and uh, i i come from rajasthan uh, right now i'm in jaipur uh, it's an interesting place to be uh, india uh, and uh, i'm glad that i'm here with you <laughs> folks talking about uh, india and gojek uh, yeah That's pretty much it. Yes. Yeah. So we should say Hari Om, Hari Om, <laughs> as a as a you know yeah. saying hello and your name as well. <laughs> Definitely. Is it, is it like a that. like a, a formal a formal greeting, Hari Om, or is it like a like a uh, like a slang? You know. It's a pretty formal one, uh, but uh, a bit right, reserved. Okay. Yeah. yeah, a bit reserved into uh, uh, areas where you are more uh, into right wing. and uh, religious folks uh, so but yeah pretty formal one right okay i think it's pretty much hindu religion thing so i think other castes other sorry other religions they probably won't use that one to yep. greet so it's a literal name of god so you're just saying you know whatever something anyway <laughs> on that haryom <laughs> that's going to be oh. our greeting from now on on deaf end yes <laughs> There is already becoming proper Desi version now. Oh, well, yeah, getting a. We should we should just switch to Hindi yeah. now, and this is going to be like a Hindi episode now. <laughs> anyway, I mean, really, you know, given the fact that the majority of people, you know, in the world, certainly more people are Indian than English. So you know, this is the proper probably the right balance of Indian people versus uh, English people in the world. Yeah, yeah. We're doing something right think- today. Yeah. I think we are we are hitting like 2 billion demographic now. So our our you know listening rating is going to be like number of plays are going to reach skyrocketing right, today now. Right. After this episode like there is 2 billion Indians going to listen to this shit and they're like wow this is amazing. 
You know, we are the vegetarian closure podcast, number one yes. vegetarian closure podcast. So that should yeah. appeal to a lot of the demographic in India, I think. Yeah, I'm already appealing. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> you're you're already into this, but <laughs> Karthik, you you are a vegetarian as well, or you're non-vegetarian? Vegetarian. Oh, nice. Okay, I think Haryom is also vegetarian. I think this is like the biggest vegetarian podcast ever now, including number of guests and everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. There is one common thread across UK and India now. This is the proper. <laughs> this is the proper. Really, in some respect, this is like home for this for this podcast. You know, yeah. Closure, vegetarianism, and you know, yeah. English and uh, the colonial friends. You know? So what what is your what is your colonial friends quote unquote? <laughs> sure, sure. Please speak, colonial friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, uh, speaking of vegetarian thing, let's start with the food then. You know, because yeah. we're Indians, right? Yeah. So, what's what's your favorite vegetarian? Well, what's your favorite dish? Maybe hurry. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go for pav bhaji. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, pav bhaji nice yeah so ray is basically uh, <laughs> awesome. some curry with all the veggies available in your market local market and uh, then you oh. have this bun uh, and it is uh, hmm. you you basically grill it with some butter and make it uh, hmm. it's it's very delicious yeah. and uh, you find the best uh, around the street in at the corner like some vendor is selling hmm. not in the malls or anything You you must try it if you haven't already. Yeah, like a proper street food. Yeah. I haven't. No, no, no. Well, I, I I'm hoping to come out to India. You know, after the pandemic, after the Delta is all done, so you know, <laughs> nice. it would be really nice. And you, Karthik, what's your favorite dish? So mine is curry chawal. Ooh, it's very okay. specific to Rajasthan. Yeah. So it's it's a curry of a chickpea flour and curd. Yeah. Mm. And rice. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Pretty yeah. bean curd it... or soy curd? No, no, just a uh, yogurt curd. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we use curd more in India than yogurt. I think yogurt is more American sounding thing for the same thing. Yeah, American. Right? Mm. Because we we also culture it, right? Because we keep it in in like boiled milk and then we culture it ourselves. You make yogurt curd. Yeah, at home. it's a, it's a nightly routine oh, in every right. Indian household. uh and uh, ah. and yeah. you yeah there is a, there has been an old saying uh, that you only want to live in a society or in a place where you can borrow curd from each other like it is okay for you to borrow yeah. curd from each other yeah because because it's a nightly ritual you yes. if you let's say finish your curd today how will you culture it for tomorrow so you have to, you might have to borrow just be ready for that <laughs> yeah there's first time i'm hearing this <laughs> <laughs> Now we can see how Indians are how different from each other. Versatility coming to the along Karthik that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people are hearing this for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I think it, it it's like a big deal if you if you travel somewhere you don't have your coat and coat curd at home so when you come back you always go to your neighbor and then bring the starter for the rest for the next day or something so right. that used to be a thing in in uh, when i was living there as well anywho speaking of curd i think we can move to c to c 
Wow, wow, this is such a terrible transition. <laughs> this, is, this is like one of those, you know, um, the Batman episode, you know, <laughs> Batman, what the, the, the comic comedy one on the TV. Uh, the old one. Yeah, the old one with uh, the guy. Bruce uh, Wayne. I forgot his. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Exa- no, Bruce no, Wayne is uh, the Batman. Bruce. <laughs> it, it'll come. Anyway. So Wait, uh, you, you guys did not tell us about your favorite food. Oh, yeah, right. Ah, Ray, go ahead. (laughs) Well, I mean, my, well, okay. Should I just go favorite food full stop or favorite food, favorite Indian food? Maybe I'll do a bit of both. I think think both, yeah. Uh, Well, my my wife is, uh, she is uh, half Guyanese and she was from the, her father was uh, Guyanese Indian. So she makes quite a nice um, chickpea curry. which is, yeah, that's really delicious. Lots of different spices and herbs and things like that. So that's always a treat when we have that, you know. And uh, I'm actually like a, a vegan now. So I've gone crazy. I went more than vegetarian. So we're, we're starting to... You upgraded yourself. Yeah, I'm upgrading or downgrading. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but we're sort of like trying out different things. So I, I'm recently I'm getting into ramen. Um, so we mm. have some... Uh, there's a thing called golden ramen, which is really delicious. Lots of different, lots, a nice broth, lots of different kinds of things you can throw in there. Um, yeah, so I'm enjoying that a lot as well. Nice. So how about you, Vijay? Me? Uh, my most recent one is we recently discovered that we can add like charcoal smoke to whatever we are cooking. Oh. So now we are making dal makhani and then you know dal makhani is a lentil thingy mm. with a, with a bit of a uh, butter and all that stuff and then we now smoke it with charcoal and ghee. So it tastes delicious. So that is my recent favorite <laughs> thing. Actually I just made it like 10 minutes ago. Oh. But this time with uh, moong dal. Um, I don't know how many people who are listening to this year are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but we need to open people's minds, you know? That's good. It's yes. all good. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're all doing no, closure to this, put yeah. food, food really in good. our on our plates, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> closure is now <laughs> pointing us to food anyway. So the funny, yeah, thing about, the funny thing about Indian food in Belgium actually is uh mm. is that it's really bad, you know. Uh like in England, if you have Indian food, there is a diaspora. So yeah. there's lots of people in, in England that make good Indian curries and good Indian food. Probably not exactly like you would have it in India, but, but it, you know, it can be spicy and strong and fiery, and, you know, or it can be mild. So you've got a good range. Whereas in Belgium, everything is kind of watered down. Everything is like all the spices are, are taken out. It's a very emasculated sort of curry over here. So that's yeah. why we end up making our own at home, you know. And, I, and a lot of the Indian folks that come like, on AIT gigs and stuff like this, they all do it all at home, and you, they're bringing the boxes in every day for lunch. You know, when <laughs> when I used to work in an office, that was you know. so we'd yeah. be always queuing up for the microwave. <laughs> that's yeah, one I of the things. The I, I don't know if that's true if in India, 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 but the the people take a lot of like home cooked food to work, or is it um, is it sort of just a, when you when you're in the West? There is still, I think, a culture of uh, cooking food at home. Although, although in places like Bangalore, uh, because of Swiggy and because of our collective laziness, uh, a lot of people are ordering out. Uh, but 
you you won't dine in uh, like places which are very yeah. uh, fine because as you mentioned the curry is very uh, it's very creamy and all like you don't get all the spices it doesn't it doesn't hit your palates as as well as your homemade mm. food mm. yeah look at us talking anyway, about curries so i think we can continue talking about you know indian indian food uh, podcast i think maybe <laughs> we can move from currying in the food to currying, to currying in the functional in programming you know? yeah that's a better the, transition the, come on the, come on no way <laughs> you know well, the transition shouldn't make curry, any sense you know? partial to a bit of curry that's not bad come on yeah yeah fair enough okay let's talk about uh, your journey into closure guys like where did you start and then you know how did you end up in a closure company in india because you know that i'm super curious about you know how closure is taking over india but i imagine you've got two different like stories to get there so yeah. maybe we maybe we start with uh with kartik yeah Okay so I can start here yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I'll tell you the uh, little bit of history uh, first like uh, so like I'll tell oh, you we haven't got that long you know but <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking carry on yeah please yeah so gojek is uh, uh, is a app where people order food or order caps and mm-hmm. uh, we get them drivers or something right so Uh, there was an internal system uh, which was written in go uh, which used to find driver for our customers right mm-hmm. now uh, due to our limited knowledge of go uh, we like we wrote some code which was functional like which was just running right yeah. okay and which was uh, huh, it worked yeah it was yeah. very difficult to maintain like adding new things was pain and stuff so we decided uh, since this system has very business has very business uh, logic and stuff right why not use a functional language for it right so uh, people from nilenso were were with us at that time they helped us uh, basically architecting that uh, system and get started on closure at that time yeah when you say like why not use a functional language i mean i think a lot of people would say why the fuck use a functional language you know because like you know domain driven architecture and object orientation that seems like like in the culture of like it at least it seems like a more natural fit um so i, I wonder what where you got the idea from was it like from your friends at nilenso or was it like in the group what was because it seems like the the sort of like like the 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 general culture is the the more object oriented so i'm still i'm fascinated why you thought functional would be i mean i agree with you but why you thought specifically it would be a good fit so uh, for me i was a fresher at that time so i didn't really understand functional language right, right? so people uh, in gojek were experienced with functional language and specifically closure mm. right mm. so that's why they recommended hey let's start building the system in closure Right. So that's how that's how I I got onboarded to Closure. Mm. Mm. Right. So uh, we started writing we started replicating code from Go to Closure. Right. And in 3 months we uh, we built that system and replaced it with our Go system. Okay. Oh you meant the Closure one. Wow, that's pretty fast. 
But yeah, in three months, we did the like we migrated from Go system to our Clojure system. Clojure system, right. yeah. But they like, didn't change the company name from Gojek to Clojure Jack. Clojack, yeah, exactly. Clojure, no. Gojek to Clojack, yeah. I'm disappointed. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So after that, uh, I got like uh, well versed with Clojure, and then uh, then I built an experimentation platform into that service, mm. so that you can A/B test your bookings and stuff, A/B test mm. your business business logic, mm. and all this stuff, and that's how. Like, then uh, to increase uh, basically knowledge in uh, company, we started taking uh, boot camps of Clojure. basically mm-hmm. people would used to read brave closure and come and discuss like one one chapter of brave closure and discuss like what they understood right and all these stuff okay daniel hey so there is a, like an book. internal study group yeah, uh, yeah to, internal to, to study gain group. more closure knowledge yeah yeah so that's how closure started uh, gaining traction in gojek mm like they saw the system the internal like the, the that system was kind of main system which which worked very well mm. right so people saw the advantages of it and started learning closure okay in coaching nice. yes so how many people were on the project at that time kartik uh i think uh, at that time people six people were there mm. on on that project yeah Okay. So we built couple of services uh, regarding close uh, like with enclosure basically. Mm-hmm. Then uh, for a, uh, then uh, then I got moved on to a transport product for mm-hmm. reliability. There we saw that there is lot of uh, there is a lot of use case of event driven applications. Mm-hmm. Right. So as a uh, and we were using kafka for event like for events and stuff right mm-hmm. so uh, so uh, we started writing a framework in closure which which was usually which was a wrapper around kafka streams mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. plus uh, we built in platform where you would get monitoring alerting mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that uh, framework like inbuilt okay. already right maybe monitoring we'll alerting deeper into that but later yeah mm-hmm. yeah monitoring alerting and deployment also basically uh, whenever you create a service with that framework you will get the infrastructure as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah right so that framework is called ziggurat uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we started building it and so currently in gojek we have around 200 services based on that framework Oh. Okay, right, and that framework is open sourced also. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute because you know yeah. it's a fascinating idea to make that framework. But we've got to get Harry on. We've got to get him. We've got to get his story. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, I worked on Zigara till we open sourced it. Then Harry Um took over that part. Ah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's a nice transition. So, how did you end up in closure then? Oh and yeah, then uh, so coming to uh, this one now. Uh, just, just Hurry. while just at the time, Karthik was working on the allocation systems, which is which was the first one of the first closure services at Gojek. 
I I happened to join GoPay, which is the payments. Uh, so Gojek is like multiple products in one app, right? It's a super app, and it's a whole uh, mm-hmm. this uh, payment side of it, which is like you you might you, you might think of it as PayPal. So uh, when I moved there, uh, before mm-hmm. that I was uh, pretty much working with Ruby on Rails and uh, J Ruby and uh, uh, like some some React uh, here and there. Uh, I had I had also used uh, uh, like various languages in my uh, college projects, but professionally I was mostly using JavaScript and Ruby. Uh, when I moved to GoPay, uh, I, I got the exposure to write uh, services in various programming languages. The team was small; everybody was uh, trying to explore uh, different things of their interests, and mm-hmm. there was this service called uh, User Service. So GoPay had their own uh, user profiles to manage, uh, depending on the KYC. and uh, the kind of uh, compliances you will mm-hmm. need in the payments domain so uh, this service was written in closure and this was the first service i got to interact with and uh, work on which was in closure so that's how i started uh, working with closure and uh, soon after that uh, i got an opportunity to uh, build uh, applications using kafka streams uh, again in a parallel universe now karthik was also working on something similar uh, in other teams um so i i wrote a couple of initiated a couple of applications yeah. and uh, we we were basically processing uh, business entities as events and uh, doing some sort of operation on top of them as and when we received those events and uh, soon after i got to know that uh, a team was working on a framework to do this again and again and i realized how important was that at that point of time in gojek because when i was writing those services in gopay it used to take us at least a month to uh, get us uh, that application into some shape to take it into broad or serve mm-hmm. some particular use case well uh, and uh, kartik's team's goal uh, at that point of time was to reduce that time to 5 minutes or so uh, by building a framework which uh, <laughs> would set up such applications with these yeah. for developers so uh, that's how i transitioned to that team and uh, uh, like Did a lot of conversations on why we were doing that in the first place, uh, enclosure, and why were we building a platform around it, and eventually ended up working on the same framework as well. So yeah, uh, two different streams eventually merged and diverged again. Uh, so now uh, I, I work on the overall event platform for Gojek. Uh, we work on application tooling to uh, both produce and consume events and process them on uh, some schedules or asynchronously and whatnot. Uh, as Karthik goes ahead and yeah. builds the observability platform of our reads. Nice. So, so how how was the so how was the transition for you? Because I, if I heard you correctly, you were doing Ruby on Rails and a bit of uh, other languages, and then you picked up Closure. And then, how easy was it for you, or how how much you know uh, your brain has changed? <laughs> to pick up closure because there is there is certain level of difference between you know writing ruby versus closure right if i if i can be frank uh, it was daunting at first uh, and uh, i think i think i will mm. i will credit a lot of time that i took in writing that first application uh, to this dauntingness and uh, if i if i didn't have any people who had exposure to mm. writing closure before uh, it would have been months uh, if not years mm. uh, to build that first service uh, because the paradigm was very different Uh, mm. and uh, uh, i had gotten yeah. accustomed to thinking in a certain way uh, thinking of uh, looking at the real mm. world around me and modeling it as is into the code uh, and making it as transparent and flexible as the real world 
so that that has been uh, the key to uh, build software till then and then suddenly change from that to think about uh, data as a primary thing and uh, operations on data like as pure mm-hmm. functions and uh, a lot of I, I derived a lot of help from all the community things that we were doing at Gojek. Uh, so we used to have these internal talks and discussions mm-hmm. on like why first class functions are important or why will you, why will you need them? What can you achieve with them? Uh, and uh, those things definitely help. Uh, participating in uh, those discussions helped yeah. me open my mind a little. Uh, but I still consider myself as a newbie. I think I'm mm-hmm. still exploring uh, how I could approach the functional domain in a more coherent fashion. Uh, and I won't mm-hmm. say uh, I have gotten it as used to as I had gotten to the object-oriented world because it had been some years and I think it will take me some years to unlearn all that and think purely in a functional way. But I yeah. am really liking the journey uh, because it gives me uh, another perspective mm-hmm. to look at the code base. And it, I, I definitely like the conciseness uh, in the code base, which comes with the lispy mm-hmm. uh, taste and lispy touch. Uh, and just the fact yeah. that everything is a form and you don't need and, to and for you sorry mm-hmm. so so as mm-hmm. hari said that uh, code base is very precise and stuff right mm-hmm. so when we did a presentation at euro closure right uh, we sh- mm-hmm. we show a slide where our go uh, go version of that code was around like 100 lines of code Mm. But then, then we translated that into closure. That was like around eight or nine lines, mm. wow. and that was our that was our main logic. Basically, that mm. was our algorithm to find and filter drivers. Mm. And that at that time, our product manager just like would just open the code and see what algorithm is running right now. Mm. So it was that simple. Mm. Right. Nice, but how how was your uh... Before going into the detail of this one, because I'm I'm curious about your uh, closure learning journey as well. So, so when you started, there were no closure people at Gojek, or there were some some people who are already experimenting with closure, but not not in production. Is that right? Or there was something in production at that time? At Gojek, there was nothing in production at that time in closure, mm. as far as mm. I know. But uh, yeah. uh, we got a help from Nilenso and uh, yeah. Niranjan, uh, Niranjan, mm. at that time our, was our CTO. Mm. He, he was very well versed with closure and functional programming, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, yeah. he helped us. Nilanso guys helped us. Right? Okay. So I used to pair program with them and learn the like idiomatic how to write idiomatic closure code and stuff. Yeah. And they yeah. would they would review my PR and uh, leave some hundred comments. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> So I just mm. used to go Google search and see how yeah, can yeah. I do better this enclosure. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I like if I remember my first task was to uh, implement Hystrix mm-hmm. in our API calls. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. Hist- uh, Netflix Hystrix, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. a circuit yeah. breaker. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, uh, like... It was very hard for me. I like it took around uh, ten days to just wrap around uh, these uh, closure things, right? Like, what is mm. Defin? Like, how does it mm. work? How mm. can I write a wrapper over it? Or yeah. Uh, so uh, it was like earlier. It was very hard, but then Abhinav from Lenso helped me a lot. Uh, he paired mm. program with me, and then he explained me this. This like 
this thing worked that way and stuff. So that's yeah, how yeah. So I basically got... thinking enclosure. Yeah, uh, thinking enclosure. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice. What was the biggest change though? Because the thing that, that for me anyway was the the idea of like immutability was the the trickiest part, you know. Because I think you can kind of get what map does and what filter does, but the the concept of immutability was like uh, this. I mean, it seems obvious now, but at, at the beginning, it wasn't very obvious. So uh, for me, immutability part was okay. Like I could. Uh, uh, I could understand uh, it, but uh, for me, uh, it was like uh, how like I I was coming from very Javaish background. Like you will throw exception, you will catch somewhere, and then right. Like, yeah, yeah. If else, yeah. so that was a very hard part for me. Like how will I add more conditions to this thing and stuff. Mm. So uh, at that time, uh, those were very. Uh, hard problem but now these are very trivial things like now mm. i know how to write them closure uh, those are very simple things to write what kind of things you mean like like flow control or or pipelines or, or what uh a flow control uh sorry i'm not getting that flow control and pipelines part like can you please explain that well, you were saying it was you wanted to add more constraints and accept, and you want you you were struggling with like how to do, like, constraints and how to manage exceptions and stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of very basic problems, not mm. Uh, mm. not that uh, like very hard. Okay, problems. those are Why? basic problems. Yeah. Yeah, because you're trying to match your previous ones and then trying to use the same kind of things in correct correct. So I was trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That was a hard yeah, part, I think so. I, I I understand what you mean because I think I used to have the same thing when I was writing Java a lot. I think almost for seven years or ten years, and then you start with closure and like okay, I'm used to writing a class for everything. Mm. I'm used to write you know accessors and getters and setters and all the shit for everything, and then you start with closure and like okay, where do my classes go? You know that there is yeah, the first yeah. thing because every other language basically is trying to do the same thing, right? JavaScript has somewhat quote unquote classes and then. You know, uh, Ruby has classes and Perl has classes and everything. All the mainstream languages have the same similar concepts, but coming into closure, like, oh, there is no class. You know, it's super confusing. Like, where do I start? And I think that is the probably the biggest uh, change for me as well to to shift into closure mindset. Nice. So, uh, well, what is your uh, stack, by the way? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, one more thing was like uh, lazy evaluation. Yeah. Mm. was a hard yeah that was one thing i i was like uh, struggling to understand like how how this will work and stuff yeah yeah so what what is what is your stack look like right now because you said almost there are 200 plus services running in closure right now so what what kind of libraries that you guys use and and what is your stack uh how do you want to take that? Yeah, many different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like first of all, I think I I, I should mention that uh, two hundred is just a very small part of our whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are way way more yeah. number of applications and the number of developers we have. Uh, it sounds very heretical uh, after we think about and hysterical after we think about that it was just a monolith Java monolith when it started, and now it's like 
this this mm. whole bunch of services so uh, we we use various uh, mm. uh, libraries and tools uh, most of times it is uh, line engine profiles based development environment and uh, we do use uh, a lot of uh, java libraries to be honest uh, for example uh, kafka streams is a java library and sure. uh, one of the primary reason uh, yeah if not the most uh, important reason to pick closure to build this framework was uh, the capability of direct interaction with java mm-hmm. uh, because uh, if you think about mm-hmm. uh, writing applications on top of kafka events themselves uh, kafka streams which is the java library put out by confluent uh, it's a pretty pretty much uh, yeah. all you need if you wanted to do uh, on something on top of kafka events uh, in a stateful manner or um, mm. like maintaining distributed state or whatever <laughs> so uh, yeah a lot of java applications or libraries uh, apart from them we use uh, for http we use ring uh, we have uh, ring based routers mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we we do use a uh, couple of things that we have written our own uh, to wrap on top of a popular uh, uh, third party dependencies like we do use sentry for error reporting yeah there's some sort of wrapper on top of it uh, yeah. some sort of wrapper for new relic some sort of wrapper for a statistic matrix uh, so there are a couple of those libraries yeah. and uh, definitely not to forget uh, uh, something like langor uh, which is a wrapper for rabbit mp connections mm-hmm. it's a very popular closure library i don't think it just saves the day for us uh, because a lot of our logic for retrying mm-hmm. events uh works on top of rabbit mq so yeah that mm. comes to rescue i i think there are a lot more that yeah. uh, karthik can add uh, to the list yeah so carmine for redis right? yeah yeah and uh, cheshire for serializing yeah well maybe the more interesting question is like uh because like you know like you say you probably a lot of libraries but um in terms of like event driven architectures it seems like you're already you're already looking at like three possible event driven models because redis is event driven or it could be um you know it's got that possibility with the subscriptions etc you've got rabbit mq you've got kafka so how do you play with all of those things you know because uh, that seems like it's a bit of a it seems a bit confusing to me Because I I always think that you should have some canonical event stream rather than you know a variety multiple, of events. Multiple, multiple. You know, yeah. I'm a simple-minded person, so tell me, <laughs> educate me. So uh, we use Kafka as our primary event uh, stream, right? Then uh, we use RabbitMQ for retrying purposes, right? So I'll explain you, right? So uh, when so kafka has some partitions and uh, even if you don't commit a message the next message you will not get right so suppose if you get a message uh, and our framework processes it and somehow that message is is not able to uh, is is not able to process because uh, because of some downstream service failure right mm-hmm. so we would we would not want that uh, other message to get delayed what mm-hmm. we would do is we would commit and put this message into rabbit mq then uh, then that can be retried later so that 
we don't have lag in the kafa queue okay so your consumer is not just blocked by unprocessable messages so you can continue moving the offset in the consumer group so you can consume the messages better yeah correct exactly okay okay and 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 rabbit mq is for your retrying mechanism so you take if it fails then you're going to use rabbit mq for uh, retry it yeah retry retry after 15 minutes after 20 minutes all these uh, are like you can configure all this stuff yeah so let's yeah. say you also wanted so to so where do... does the redis thing come into picture then maybe maybe we'll come to that but uh, on top of rabbit mq you could also do some sort of delayed processing right so uh, let's say let's say you have a filter on yeah. top of your incoming event stream right and you wanted to say these particular type of messages i only want to yeah. process after 10 minutes after i see them because maybe there is some sort of uh, yes uh, implicit delay in the business process which takes 10 minutes to happen like for example some manual kyc update or something mm-hmm. so you could do uh, synchronous processing using rabbit yeah. mq you could channel those messages as we would call it in a framework yes. uh, for later uh, so th- that is another use case we use uh, rabbit mq yeah. a lot for and uh, also exponential backups maybe or like linear backups in rabbit mq it can be handled by rabbit mq easily so that's why we went ahead with rabbit mq instead of one more one more topic or partition yeah and also i think in rabbit mq the 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 streaming semantics the default ones are a bit different because if you one consumer connects and then it consumes message then other consumers won't get that one because in kafka everybody can because kafka is storing those messages but rabbit mq by default so far i think they released a new version now to to keep the messages anyway if you pick up the message and then it's gone from rabbit mq uh, so it's it's way it faster in terms of like like well you, you design the system well, like diagnosing when things went wrong because you yeah. have to look in two different places mm, yeah i think it's it's not your okay, question I can, it's I can, for I can, them okay yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> no i'm talking about rabbit mq's technical things i don't know their domain you know what they are or they are dealing with how yeah, but whatever you've got it's like it's like when you're doing like off off piece transactions as it were you know on anything whether it's a database or a, or a, or an event system having to look in two places is always like more problematic i think i mean it can be for good reasons but as far as i know kafka has batching but you know maybe i don't know well enough don't know as well as you do but um Okay, so but you pick it for this particular reason, but then when you retry things and it goes wrong, you have to do diagnostics. I, how do you how do you like how do you um, how do you counter like how do you like do transactions that set reset things? Because it seems like uh, you have to do it in several places. If you found so how, a how do you how do you failure, reprocess that? Yeah. because you say you're committing them and you say it's worked but then you ha- it hasn't really worked so you have to ha- you know you make it more complexity because you're kind of like sweeping it under the rug a little bit you know yeah so two things ray uh, i think uh, two semantics that really come uh, like into play are uh, first of all we we leverage a lot of idempotency 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, we we recommend uh, the systems, the downstream systems or upstream systems, which uh, which are even processing calls after receiving a message to be identified in the first place. Right. Uh, why would we, why would we do that? Is because let's say let's say uh, in the in the Kafka pipeline itself, let's say there there was no RabbitMQ. Uh, I could have picked up a message, processed it, but uh, there could have been a failure to commit it, uh, commit the offset back to Kafka. So I would have processed it again when the yeah, yeah. restarts. So item potency is definitely uh, something which we recommend highly to mm-hmm. all the users of our framework. Uh, another thing is the semantics basically go about uh, uh, at least once guarantee uh, and not just exactly once guarantee. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. that strict. Uh, yeah. So uh, we we are we we are okay if we. Uh, can process the message if we process the message more than once in some cases, yeah. but we are not okay with the loss of message. So uh, I think that's basically where uh, the answer to your question lies. Uh, that uh, with those two concepts and like a semantics baked in, uh, we rely on a lot, we rely a lot on the downstream or upstreams to uh, basically dedupe or maybe like maintain idempotency or not do repeated transactions mm-hmm. per se. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Hmm. So, where is the Redis thing coming into the picture now? This key on the Redis. Yeah. Redis is everywhere at Google. Yeah. <laughs> so that seems like adding one more. It, it all sounds like Indian masala, you know, like let's have <laughs> to make it spicy. <laughs> no, no, Redis. I think we use we use is just for cash. Nothing. Else. Oh, okay, caching. Okay, right. so yeah. you're not using it like a stream processing or no, no, not subscriptions exactly. or anything. No, no. Okay, makes sense. It's, it's not yeah, basically yeah, yeah. part of the framework, nice. uh, but it's so, basically a first primary mm. extension in most of the use cases. Mm. Uh, so, so we don't actually provide yeah. any yeah. Uh, Redis management into the framework. But if you look at uh, the 200 applications, I think 80 percent or 70 percent of them would have some use case to maintain some sort of key value store or just cache. Maybe persisted or non-persisted yeah. uh, for their uh, state. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the framework that uh, that you released as open source, uh, can you can you you know explain it like I you know, like I'm five or uh, um. So what what can you do with it? So what 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 is the idea behind it? Yeah, got it. Go for it. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, earlier, uh, so as I told you, right, that uh, we we saw that hey, there is a lot of use case of uh, event-driven things like booking created, send a no- notification, booking created, find a driver, right? Yeah. So uh, one part of the uh, framework is like you can consume events and uh, act on act on those events, right? Mm-hmm. And one part of the framework is serving HTTP requests, mm-hmm. right? So if, uh, suppose uh, there is a system, uh, suppose there is a system which consumes uh, driver location, right? Mm-hmm. Driver pings, basically. Mm-hmm. And it persists in, into its DB and you can put some APIs on top of it and then you can show on your customer app. Basically, these are the drivers which are nearby your location. Yeah. So, uh, like thinking of these all use cases, we we ha- we basically have two main parts of our framework. Basically, one is HTTP part, and another is event consuming part. Yeah. Like uh, any 
like if you are consuming event you can also uh, there is one part there is one small part uh, which helps you to produce the event as well back mm-hmm. to kafka yeah so basically uh, the like two two major parts basically event processing part and one http part http okay yeah so why are the two things related because you know or are you are you kind of like are you using kafka as a kind of like mechanism for producing like asynchronous results on the http layer correct correct yeah. a lot of times yeah right okay while it also works as source of truth for a lot of business data uh, there are a lot of processes which uh, are just enqueued for the uh, later processing or batch processing uh, uh, as well in kafka so do you use this like async version of ring to do that or are you doing it somehow other uh no we don't use async version of ring okay so how do you get the answer then you uh you have some sort of like request place in kafka and some sort of response place in kafka or you do some sort of correlation id or yeah we do some sort of correlation id basically if if if, if for an instance right like i gave an example of drivers and showing drivers on customer app. basically yeah. here the reference is location hmm. we store driver by location and then customer app, apps are ask that hey give me driver for these locations so locations location uh, basically longitude and latitude comes as a hmm. reference in this scenario hmm. and other things they are a customer id booking id and all this stuff but that seems like like so so you're treating with the kafka streams you're treating kafka as a database essentially that's really the kind of idea yeah so it's not like you're putting like for the customers you're not putting a uh, you're not putting like a maybe you are putting a request on kafka but but you're answering it via the care streams ksql not a lot of times uh, we are not actually yet evolved to using case streams a lot uh, sorry not using case sql a lot uh, although we have started building on some use cases of doing uh, stateful joins on case streams uh, but uh, a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, processing happens outside uh, case stream and uh, case stream gives us possibility to react real time on top of events mm-hmm. rather than to uh, manage stateful operations in real time i think those use cases although are very uh, common but they don't come uh, as naturally to developers as uh, like first class functions don't come as naturally to object oriented developers uh, if i can take that leap of faith and say sure sure yeah. well, what i'm trying to think of is like the driver locations are changing all the time mm-hmm. the customer is like usually staying pretty pretty i mean maybe they could move but they're pretty they're pretty static i guess so as the events come into the system with a new like driver's location you one can imagine that that would just be a stream of events out to the client to say here are the new locations but but it seems like are you doing http or websockets at that point a lot of time grpc as well uh, it's a, it's a hybrid oh. uh, it's a hybrid model we have websocket grpc and http all three of them uh, ah. so i've seen uh, i've seen mm-hmm. the whole uh, click stream architecture at project right uh, yeah. a lot of part of it is uh, also out, uh, open sourced so we have this whole uh, mobile analytics or mobile based event processing mm-hmm. which uh, 
works on top of WebSocket connections between uh, mobile and the Kafka backend. Uh, there is a producer library that we have written and open sourced inside data engineering team at Project, which uh, goes ahead and builds that uh, long-term connection for you. Uh, while at other places between web backend systems and the Kafka, we have a gRPC-based long-running connection on which you produce real string of data to Kafka directly. Oh, okay. uh, so it's a, it's a hybrid model. Earlier, it used right. to be a plain HTTP-based model, which we have replaced with gRPC-based model. So are you guys looking at like HTTP2 as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not in the raw form, but uh, with GRPC most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so really is closure only only with the stream processing level, or is it used for front end stuff? Is it used for mobile things as well at Gojek? Not much. It's just mostly for. Uh, mm. There are a lot of places so where in it the, is in the back end. Back end. Yeah. Sometimes for cred. Uh, as well, uh, which I've seen uh, practically happening at some places. Mm -hmm. But uh, if, you, if you see, uh, most of the mm -hmm. closure adoption at Gojek happened because of the Zurat framework that Karthik and his team started and then I also worked on. Uh, so the majority of closure applications are these Zurat based applications. These are a very opinionated uh, set of applications which we call actors because they act on business events. Uh, apart from well, that, yeah. there are very... Uh, <laughs> That's a confusing uh, name for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't disagree. <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, well, as I long have... as you don't have Akka or Actros in the system or yeah. Erlang, Erlang people come from Erlang. It's like, oh, whoa, dude! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Akka or Scala people. If you don't yeah. have them, then you know the yeah, only. Let me actor drop. In the let me drop another you, bomb. So that's uh, fine. Yeah. yeah, let me drop another bomb and say the whole platform uh, which we built this framework <laughs> and utilized it with was called Lambda. <laughs> so so i'll tell you it was it was it was kind of inspiration like uh, you just write business events uh, business yeah. functions uh, we will handle everything basically monitoring alerting all the deployment so that's why we called lambda at first right <laughs> we envision it to okay. be just a closure nice. function for so, the developer yeah yeah oh, it's a nice idea i think yeah, uh, to answer a previous question from Ray, is sorry to interject. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to go back to one question that Ray asked before. Uh, you mentioned how would you go about uh, looking at various transactions which are distributed and uh, wouldn't it be painful to trace uh, different parts of the transaction and go back to uh, like what yeah. was the original yeah. source of yeah, yeah. And what happened? As Karthik mentioned, we wanted to do a lot of things out of the box for developers at Gojek. We wanted to provide a lot of things out of the box. So sure. uh, we have a metric contract mm -hmm. with Ziggurat. Uh, so each application, uh, when it starts and processes messages, uh, they will emit certain metrics by default. For example, uh, if the message was processed mm -hmm. with success or retry or failure, uh, if, if there was, uh, let's say, some sort of... Uh, exhaustion of retries uh, so all those things basically uh, as soon as you create an application or an actor uh, mm -hmm. you get a dash you get a dashboard out of the box yep. which has all these numbers put up and uh, you can definitely go ahead and uh, correlate with the logs at that point of time uh, we were also working on tracing support with those applications so that we can have a, a correlation id floating across or a tracing id floating across the logs and the metrics, uh, although that is still in alpha and we haven't uh, tried it at scale yet. Uh, 
like the new relic type stuff. Yep. yep. Jaeger type stuff, basically. Mm. Say that again. Jaeger, basically open tracing. Ah, yeah, open telemetry yeah. based. So, open uh, telemetry. so I saw that that's already part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So that's what you're talking about. Like it comes with the traceability included in the framework. So you can just deploy it, and then you get all these features by by default. Uh, nice. And, and without that yeah. platform side of it, so uh, the Lambda side of it, I don't think closure adoption would have kicked off that easy at Project uh, because uh, people who are not very familiar mm-hmm. with it. They will. Uh, they they are pretty much scared because of the syntax when they look at it first for the first time. Yeah. But when you give them a dedicated place or let's say a, a editor window where you just have to write a function, uh, it it comes off a little yeah. a little easy. Uh, and uh, given all the platform yeah. features on top of it, uh, the management becomes dead easy. Uh, so you are pretty much more inclined towards yeah. using the reusable components and yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that, you, I think you, without that, it's tricky. So that's how you it's sell. Whatever. That's how you sell closure by basically having a lot of value value-added services on top of it. So then the people have to come to uh, to closure in order to consume. Hmm. Yeah, and the primary uh, so I think primary how, asset. How big is the team right now, by the way? Uh, sorry, uh, the whole framework team, or like, sorry, go ahead. Can you come again on the question? No, no, sorry, go ahead. You said you're talking about the the. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're, please continue. You're talking about the primary asset. I'm interested in primary asset. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the primary asset that we were trying to uh, save was time. Uh, as I mentioned, it used to take us uh, two to three months to build such an application before, right? And another important fact, I think, I, I, a story rather yeah. fact we, I should mention is uh, we had this whole uh, uh, <coughs> Ruby on Rails microservice, uh, which was becoming a pain in the ass at the moment. Uh, and uh, it had like so many dependencies that every time on uh, Friday afternoon, it would start going under crazy load. And uh, one of the dependencies will start faltering. And there will be this huge uh, cascading effect across Gojek applications. And like suddenly in five minutes, like 50 of them are down and we don't know which one started what. And at that point of time, we didn't have a lot of tracing uh, mm-hmm. uh, into the picture. We didn't know how it started. Unless we could actually go back to a correct metric, which will point us to the start of the event. So uh, we wanted to reduce those dependencies uh, for write service, which are the which is the OMS for the transportation, which is one of the main businesses of Gojek. Uh, we wanted to reduce those dependencies. And mm-hmm. uh, when we when Karthik and team started writing mm-hmm. the first replacement for one of the dependencies, uh, they saw that it took a couple of months to get it out in the production. And to replace 17 uh, more dependencies like that, it would have been taken like 34 more months. Mm. Uh, and we wanted to bring it down to 34 days. Yeah. And uh, th- that's the primary uh, wow. thing that we saved by making this framework. And uh, without the platform side of it, it mm. wasn't possible. Yeah, the first use case was mm. sending notifications to drivers and customers. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. a good one, yeah. So how many, how many, uh, maybe I asked the team size and now I'm also wondering what is the size of, you know, the amount of people who are using Gojek app right now? <laughs> crazy, crazy numbers. Because you're, uh, you're now, <laughs> yeah, because you're now helping, you know, you're delivering stuff to so many, you know, users, right? That is the, that is the biggest metric that, 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 you know, closure is bringing the, bringing the value to. They can say, oh, okay, you're processing billion messages, but they're actually 
you know, turning into functionality for end users who are doing things like transactions, ride hailing, whatnot, and everything. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I basically uh, we have around more than a million drivers in the system. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I don't. I really don't know about how many customers we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it will be yeah. more than drivers. I like. I I know. Obviously, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, that the scaling, the scale is different in 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 the market that you're playing right now, right? right. You're, you're serving. Yeah, yeah. So it started in Philippines, but now you said it's uh, expanded to other Indonesia. countries as well now. Sorry, Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it started in Indonesia, then we expanded to Thailand, Vietnam, then yeah. we went to Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So if we ever land in any of those countries, the first thing that we should do is install the super app from Gojek. Gojek, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. To, to, to get to from A to B, to pay for food, to eat and... I don't know, to breathe air, everything is from the super app. <laughs> yeah, to get your gro- to get your grocery, grocery medicines, to have like massage or something. Wow. Gojek. Okay, <laughs> nice. So, do, do you guys use, um, you know, things like Spec or Mali or something to, to validate your, you know, interfaces or in the code, data validation, anything like that? We use a lot of spec part. No, okay. For API API request validations and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I so, guess that's is that how you manage like what the the like the event messages are as well? Or do you use some other format of data? Uh for event messages we have a a protobuf defined for every event block. Right, yeah. okay. So that's your schema. For, that's for a, that's our schema. Yeah, that's our yeah. schema for any event. Okay, nice. Yeah, protobuf so, and closure don't play very nicely, though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 I had a hard time like figuring out some bug. I don't remember it right now. Like it took me like a week or something. Yeah, I think it it was not built. Uh, it's. I, mean, I think Clojure plays well with Transit and Eden and all the stuff, obviously, and JSON, I think. Protobuf is more a uh, Go-level thing rather than... Okay. So I'm well, guessing it's coming from your Go things, thing. But, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, it's all very static, isn't it? That's really the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so we've been, you know, uh, as we say in India, you know, I think I should use Hindi now. No, I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been we've been praising closure as they say, like Gungan, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, in, in in Hindi. So, um, what are the challenges that you that you faced? Like, okay, these are the things that are, you know, making our life difficult or made or made your life difficult using closure. So, uh, first part was uh, the basically knowledge gap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, pe- uh, uh, only pe- few people knew closure and they would become a truck factor. Mm-hmm. Right. So first part was learning curve, obviously. Right. So mm-hmm. that's why we started our internal book club or you can say boot camp for closure so that more people are aware of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
and rest uh, uh, to be honest you can google and learn that is like <laughs> language right you can google and yeah. learn that the learning curve was very steep for this one yeah when spreading it across growth it was a tough job but zigurat uh, helped us to scale in gojek so yeah mm. nice So, so you st- the... do you still find like like uh, uh, Harry was kind of like uh, hinting at that there's some resistance still, you know, that they're a bit scared or a bit nervous. There are some developers out there that aren't like first, you know, first love is closure. There are people who have used Twitter. Uh, I don't think Twitter has become their first love yet. Uh, so they are still writing a lot of mm-hmm. their applications in Golang at the same time that they are writing a lot of these Twitter applications. so uh, there is still a diverse mm. uh, tech stack at gojek uh, employed at like various teams having their own choices some still writing a lot of ruby and go rails codes a lot of them writing java code some 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 of them writing elixir uh, some of them are very heavily relapsed like <laughs> on uh, golang so very very wide variety of stuff happening all around uh, but resistance has come uh, free down free a little gojek <laughs> Yeah, but it has come down for sure uh, uh, because of the adoption that has mm. happened in recent last three years. Uh, it has come down a lot because people who had never written it before now have deployed applications in production, and that uh, there is nothing mm. to uh, nothing better to boost your confidence than deploying some piece of code to production. Yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, like it just take only ten minutes to deploy a simple hello world into uh, production. Hmm. So yeah. That, so like how do that, you achieve that part? How do you achieve that part? I mean, are you like all on the cloud, or do you have do you have a specific like ISP or some sort of like DevOps thing that's like making this super fast? So uh, as uh, as I told you, right? As Hari also told that we have built framework plus platform. Right. basically framework will help you to write code faster platform will help you to deploy monitor right these all stuff so devops part is also there uh, in adoption basically i would say that because deploying things uh, like there is uh, if you write code and don't deploy and then there is no use right so devops also played an important role there what how do you do that though i mean uh, is it like integrated with some sort of like um like terraform stuff or um how are you how are you actually doing the deployment integration with uh kafka and closure and all these things okay i think i think i think we should definitely talk about uh, the image management at the deployment pipeline a little sure sure so basically uh, uh so there is a command a lambda uh actor new right <laughs> type it, get it all in there yeah, yeah. when you type it uh, into the console uh, you will get a uh, basically a service service bootstrapped uh with a ping api already mm. right mm. right and there is a gitlab ci file already built in okay right uh, okay and all the linting linting is also taken care of test like all the we uh, so in gojek we uh uh we heavily re- rely on tests mm-hmm. so test framework is also we 
like we bootstrap test test framework as well into the framework basically you can just modify the function and uh, pass in your te- like make test pass right mm. so uh, when you uh, upload when you check in your uh, code to uh, like we have open like we have uh, internal gitlab hosted mm. when you uh commit your code there uh, gitlab ci takes over that part right it takes care of linting it takes care of your test cases it takes care of your packaging of applications right, right? Uh, pushing it to the docker or debian fact, uh, artifactory basically hmm. right then uh, when you deploy uh, we create vms or kubernetes based on a uh, uh, customer's choice basic customer basically uh developers based on we create vms for those particular and then uh, to create vms we use terraform and to orchestrate uh, things on vm we use chef okay. right yeah so that the deployment how... is in your own data center then it's not on cloud uh, it's AWS totally on cloud it's totally on cloud gcp oh okay but you 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 schedule your own ec2 instances not easy to uh we we yeah. compute engine instances basically it's it is similar to ec2 instances from oh you use google cloud oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay like there is part of a company which is a product yeah, on I mean, aws you, as you, well you... yes mm. yeah yeah i can imagine when you're such a big company then there'll be different teams using different uh, tech stacks usually and It's and especially because uh, especially because gojek has evolved company. a lot as startups of startup of startups uh, so at 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 one point yeah, of time yeah. i have looked at gojek operating as uh, 20 different startups and uh, over the years we have acquired a lot mm. of uh, different companies as well uh, and merged with different companies as well mm. so we have inherited their tech their stacks and uh, yeah. their cloud platforms so it's a pretty much amalgamation of all things uh one important aspect uh, that uh, uh goes little beyond the development life cycle uh and but comes very handy in deployment life cycle is config management so uh mm. because because when we started we wanted it to be all productive right uh, like developers to be very fast and like flash in making their applications and deploying them uh we build a very simple command like lambda actor new for lambda config uh so uh with framework you would uh, as soon as you will create the application you will get same full defaults with the application uh, ready uh, baked in uh, and you could mm-hmm. just uh, tweak some of them depending upon your environment of your choice uh, if you wanted to set let's say some kafka stream threads count to uh, one in let's say integration you could just do that with that command and that has come pretty handy as well uh, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the cli itself you could manage your configuration and then just after saving local configuration you could just hit lambda actor deploy and be done with it yeah yeah it's nice yeah so nice. go on i was going to say the one thing about because it's like interesting you chose kafka because i guess again you're looking at doing things that are like cloud you know, portable portable across different clouds because you know google and amazon both have their own kind of you know they have kinesis yeah. in, uh, amazon and they have i think um 
Oh, I don't know what the what the Google thing is called, but they have all kinds of uh, streaming architectures. I know that much. Yeah, Google Functions. I'm not sure on GCP pipe, if they have pipes something. or something. Or... I don't think they have anything like Kinesis. Any IWS has Kinesis. No, they do. But... They definitely have like a pipe. A, some they have, they have the whole framework. To do, yeah, event, to do event management. Yeah, PubSub thing. Yeah, Google PubSub thing. Oh, yeah. Google PubSub, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, we were talking about challenges a little, right? Uh, so I think yeah, one, yeah. one of the challenges I think that has uh, been very prominent is like, so we have uh, built Ziggurat as internal open source, right? Uh, we, uh, we've had a central small team, but we always went to the developers at different product teams work with them in collaboration and build features right mm. so uh, in the process we got like 30 30 more than 30 people to contribute to this framework from different uh, product functions mm. and uh, in this process uh, to keep code very idiomatic and uh, uh, to keep it more uh, fresh to the eyes has been a little tricky uh, now at mm. this point of time after 3 years working on it uh, it it feels like uh, it could have been uh, a much more composable set of libraries than just one overarching thing. Uh, so that that has been a challenge to how to design uh, uh, both as a library and as a framework uh, to power applications at scale, but as well uh, as to keep it handy for people don't uh, people who don't want to totally fully leverage the framework. Uh, to keep it composable as well as uh, over-encompassing. Yeah. I think that has been also a challenge. And uh, I think we are seriously looking at a redesign at this point of time. For which we could definitely use some extra help. the case, isn't it? When you've got, you know, like when, yeah, yeah, like when you have like an organic thing like that, that's, you know, obviously it's had success, but, you know, like you say, you want to have continued success and continued adoption. And, and if you've got like so many people contributing to it, you've probably got all kinds of new ideas as well in the last year or two. Yeah. Yeah. For example, Karthik and me both had very different ideas on how we wanted to do multi streams. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it has yeah. evolved into. Uh, do, do, you want, do, you wanna, do you want to like uh, fight it out on here? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> fight it out and then decide. <laughs> Oh, we yeah, had this fight two years ago. You heard it so, here first, Fox. Yeah. So, so, so I did not want multi-streams. Basically, consuming from one one or more Kafka topic. Right? Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to be very simple. Hmm. But uh, as use cases grow, uh, there were like as there are more services than developers in project. Hmm. So hmm. we, uh, so to manage that also we had multi-stream and there was several use cases where you have to join join to Kafka topics and make some sense out of data, right? Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. uses started coming in, uh, those requirements started coming in from developers that, hey, we want this, we want that. So that's how we built multi-stream into that. Mm-hmm. So I think as a, we are almost in a one and a half hour now, I think we are keeping you off on a uh, pretty much late midnight. I just have one more question about closure, and you know, I'm I'm curious about the st- state of closure in India. Like, you know, w- w- what is the how does how, how is the community there? Because I know a little bit about what is happening in Western Europe because I'm involved in closure stuff here. 
um we keep hearing a lot about closure in um in the us obviously because that's where uh, you know our church of closure or the vatican of closure <laughs> is, in, <laughs> is in the us so we know that but in india i think it's so what what is the situation there like, the you know, how many companies yeah, yeah. Where, where is the temple of closure in india <laughs> what's well, i don't know about the temple there? but the tempo is definitely high Uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've I've seen yeah. people around who are writing blogs on closure. Uh, in my team, a uh, couple mm. of folks are uh, actively started to write about closure in their blogs, in their personal websites. Yeah. Uh, mm. There is an active Bangalore community uh, mm. which hosts a meetup every month. Mm. Uh, and I recently gave a talk. I recently went and gave a oh, talk about nice. cigarette in that as well. Uh, there are certainly more companies than okay. before who are actively writing closure code in production a uh, couple of them we start like we talk mm. about uh, in the beginning right uh, there are few more i think uh, yeah 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 and uh, yeah traction i think seems yeah, to be exactly. increasing but not as as much as you would expect definitely. yeah yeah i think it's it depends on it's like a catch 22 right more jobs more people learning closure and then you know then it becomes like a cycle of uh, you know uh, kind of they're, they're feeding into each other uh, but the i think thing already you are more about this bigger. by the way is is the what i find interesting about your stuff to some extent is that you know you're you're making your own decisions and i get the impression that on a lot of and a lot of like uh, larger consulting companies they don't get the choices you know they're essentially they're 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 working on prescribed architectures whereas you know you've got the chance to own your own architecture um and reflect on those things and you know make your own decisions and i wonder if that's a difference or if it's just like the like just the ingrained nature of or in the community in india is that is that uh, how you have seen things as well vijay because uh, in my experience i have always seen yeah. cons- consultants to come uh, with their own uh, prescriptions and uh, Uh, their own recommendations uh, when i was a consultant myself 6 years back uh, i i seen i seen mm-hmm. my team uh, coming with their own recommendations although there were some constraints put up by how how legacy the systems were at a particular target company uh, but we never shied away from recommending tools mm-hmm. uh, for example we recommended a lot of uh, uh, devops practices to companies right uh, i was in a devops consultancy before so uh, do this with the chef or ansible mm-hmm. or puppet uh go change this whole deployment pipeline on jenkins uh so uh although gojek has provided that open environment a lot uh i think uh, consultants have played a vital role in uh, that happening at gojek as well mm. so there are closure evangelists going and then telling people that there are better ways to do this stuff right? <laughs> and then and then converting them into the church of richiki <laughs> nice so i think it's a that's a good way to conclude the episode but i'm thinking you know that the last question probably the the really last question because we started with favorite foods and i'm wondering like what is your favorite sweet thing you know like the in india everybody eats sweets a lot obviously so we should do like what is your favorite sweet dish high start dessert no <laughs> uh my yeah. my favorite is rasgulla or or the bengal is good call it uh, rasgulla uh so 
it, it's basically a oh. sweet dumplings dipped in uh, the sweet uh, sweet <laughs> only <laughs> Yes. Uh, so actually uh, if you have some nice. uh, uh, like upset stomach or something you would just wash a rasgulla with uh, room temperature water and have it and because it's made of uh, something called chena and it's so soothing to your uh, intestines mm. it helps yeah. you help it actually helps you with digestion uh, so yeah it's a good sweet it's a <laughs> i think it should be made religious or something <laughs> always indigestion uh, mine is also on similar lines i like rasmalai hmm. <laughs> so uh, sweet uh, dumpling yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is it is in saffron milk it is dipped in saffron milk yeah 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 wow. i think I, i would i would eat something called mysore pak i think it's more south thing yeah, is yeah. the the chickpea uh, solid chickpea sugar brick chickpea <laughs> flour sugar brick pretty much i think that's the one the dumpling is still better and than a brick yeah man. if you're going to indian sweet <laughs> it's not it's not it's not sugar dumpling unfortunately <laughs> it's it's a solid block of sugar and um uh and and chickpea flour and then and ghee plenty of ghee i think Yes, exactly. It's amazing, man. I love it. And for you, Ray, any, any, you have to pick some Indian sweet now. Uh, I <laughs> never. I don't know any Indian sweets. <laughs> But only enough. I mean, you know, I, I think it's very. The Indian sweets are very sweet to my taste. I'm, I'm not. Oh yeah, so they I, are. I'm kind of like, it's yeah. a shock to the system to me. You know, so I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm not really that familiar. So I, I, I like licorice. You know. Mm. that's how it's more like a japanese sweet you know <laughs> yeah. because we, we were just talking over the dinner like you know like um, in india there is a state uh, called gujarat and they are very much into sweets like they oh. eat only most of the their dishes are sweet and we were just wondering how did they survive i think they evolved mm-hmm. to process sweet and the people who didn't evolve they just died off and then they are like <laughs> now they can they can tolerate so much sweet in everything but uh, any any gujarati people listening out there i apologize for insulting your people but i know we love <laughs> we love your sweets too anyway on that bombshell yeah. so you haven't yeah, asked exactly. your favorite question yet bj yeah yeah we're we're getting there that's my next okay. uh, or the or the <laughs> final one because now we have two people here so i think we'll start with uh, haryom then so haryom you know emacs or some other shit oh so what do you use <laughs> Oh I was waiting for this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I I heard some of your podcasts before uh, joining in today and uh, one of the parts of the podcast that caught my attention was this last part where you would ask them Emacs or not. Uh, so I know you know Emacs for me. Uh I am a I am pretty much a Vim user. Uh, I have been a Vim user for last 6 years. Uh I heavily rely on Fireplace. Uh, okay. to do my closure work. Uh, 
although i am not uh, against yeah, emacs I, not, i don't have not... anything against emacs uh, i am i keep trying it on and off but i never got used to it uh, I, so i just stick to vim for my uh, coding purposes <laughs> but maybe next time we meet i i might get <laughs> you're not so, you're not people and you're not ways of doing stupid shit yeah fine you know now i introduce God. the divisions in yeah, india no, properly <laughs> people up north you know doing vim and other random shit and you know we people in the south we know better we use emacs in india in south <laughs> anyway i'm not indian anymore so but i can complain loudly about india and you karthik uh, i use cursor oh, oh man no uh, <laughs> this bangalore city boys no, this is just, just so, horrible you might have more indians on the uh, podcast but You are Emacs users, so you're fucked yeah. up on the podcast. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna we're gonna find them. We're gonna find all the Emacs users in India, and I know, so, I know a few of them. So, so earlier when I started writing Chloe, oh, yeah. I used to pair with uh, Ned from Milan. So she was very heavily Emacs user. Yeah. She tried to teach me Emacs, but uh, I could not wrap my head head around it. So <laughs> I shifted to Cursor. <laughs> Hey, you should start eating idli sambar and then you get Emacs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. No, if you are in parathas and rotis, then no, no Emacs for you. But uh, anyway, <laughs> on on well, that I'm a fan of parathas and roti. That's for sure. So that's, that probably explains things. <laughs> that's why it's to you stick to cursive and then you know, <laughs> yeah, paratha and roti, not idli sambar. Anyway. I think it's it's been a pleasure having you guys. I think and thanks a lot for joining us, you know, at a, this such a late hour. I think it's almost like 1 a.m. for you right now. Yeah, uh, it's Yeah. Thanks for taking wow. time and explaining all the stuff. You know, it feels like I feel like I'm back in India. You know, it's, it's really nice to nice to have that feeling, you know, talking to Indians and then talking about all the Indian stuff and finally you are, able to understand you are returning back to your roots and, and all this shitty back Returning, returning back to your exactly <laughs> returning back to my roots <laughs> because i got i got sick of raised stupid english accent now you know <laughs> finally i can understand proper english you know yeah, that's true <laughs> so yeah and that we have uh, to make this joke though i mean you know indian english is the most popular english so it should be the canonical english really you know <laughs> exactly if you, you know, just go by the numbers yeah yeah indian just go english. by the fewer numbers and you know yeah. indian english wins by a mile then a lot of <laughs> then a lot of standards in the world will be Anywho. screwed because of that <laughs> yeah we we might as well start driving on the left side to <laughs> yeah <laughs> anywho on that bombshell thanks again for this uh, amazing daisy defen and uh, hopefully you know uh, you guys will continue making ziggurat as the only framework for gojack you know the the super framework and i'm sure you know your your colleagues will will listen to this and you know they'll be like oh if we are not using ziggurat there is something wrong because you know they should they should use it and then eventually you will change your company name to clojack as we suggested and you can send <laughs> us the you know revenue and royalty whatever so we are ready for that you know uh, all we need is just 5% of gojek revenue and we are happy you know <laughs> for contributing the new name <laughs> from, from here. Yeah. so it's uh, it's really nice to to sort of hear success stories as well uh, yeah. from india because you know like bj says it's seems a bit it's been a bit quiet over there but it's good to hear that it's burgeoning 
um, and that the word is being spread. And obviously it helps if you've got good frameworks and libraries. So thank you guys for doing the good work there. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, just, hopefully... just one thing. Yeah. This one. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't ask the meaning for ziggurat or something, right? Yeah, I thought it's a Persian uh, Mesopotamian thingy, right? Yeah. It's the yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an Indian a, word. Yeah, it's a base of a te- temple, basically. Yeah. So basically, it's a base of our applications. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. nice. So it's the foundation of all your, all your monumental applications, built on top yeah. of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Awesome. So, yeah, I think first of all, that bombshell. Yes, that bombshell. (laughs) Maybe there is one last question. We hope to see you in person, I think, uh, soon, I guess. Yeah, sure. Would like, would love to meet you, folks. Uh, I I must call it out that uh, I really felt like home. Uh, Before before joining, uh, I had some jitters, to be honest, but uh, I totally felt like home talking about all this stuff with you, folks. And, I hope uh, nice. uh, you were able to, I was able to get my ideas across uh, and would love to discuss ideas more. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, uh, more in yeah. the future. Same here. I was very nervous joining this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are really smooth, actually. You know, you fooled us all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything was uh, was perfect. I think it, I think we, I, I learned a lot, you know, and I, I never looked into ziggurat yet but so i'm gonna give that a try and uh obviously you know now i know you know it as you said it's it's like going returning back to my roots <laughs> as <you said. laughs> yeah as you do that uh, don't forget to start the repo. food and everything yeah as you do that don't forget to start the repo yeah. on github <laughs> <laughs> yes go ahead check it out it's in uh, gojek um repository we'll post the links on um on on the show notes as well as on on we're really Twitter. good at that we? yeah yeah we are really good at that and sometimes <laughs> we do post them but uh, you know if you don't I'll just just search for gojek open source and it's all there are plenty of other projects um as well uh, apart from this open source contributions that i see from your github repo uh, so they're doing a lot of great work contributing back to the community as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. so thanks guys thanks uh, thanks a lot for joining so i think that's it for us for is today there a special like is there like Hari Om is hello. What about the goodbye? Do you have any colleagues with goodbyes in there? <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> we, we just need to have them. I think in, in your company, there is one Hari Om and there is like a Namaste or whatever. And like it's saying, yeah, the good thing about Hari Om is you could use it both for uh, greetings, like welcoming someone. And exactly. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Namaste. On that bombshell. Namaste and Hari Om. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, that's that's like we're carpeting carpet bombing today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Defan and the awesome vegetarian music or the track is Melon Hamburger by Pizzeri and the show's audio is mixed by Walter Dullert. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. Um maybe you should insert your own name here Dullert. Walter If you'd like to support us, uh, please do check out our Patreon page and you can show your appreciation to all the hard work or the lack of hard work that we're doing. And um, you can also catch up with uh, either Ray, with me for some unexplainable reason. Uh, You want to interact with us, then uh, do check us out on Slack, Closure in Slack or Closureverse or on Zulip. 
or just at us at Deafen Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your day and see you in the next episode. Thank you.